You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. The Vancouver Island father accused of killing his two young daughters on Christmas Day of 2017 faced intense cross-examination today. Andrew Barry has told his second-degree murder trial that he didn't kill his daughters, Chloe and Aubrey, and he was himself attacked and stabbed in the throat. As Rumina Dea reports, the Crown wasted no time in trying to cast doubt on his story. Again, a warning that some of the details in this story are disturbing. Andrew Barry appeared frustrated at times as Crown grilled him on his recollection of events. Patrick, we are trying to drill holes in Barry's credibility and his evidence that he was attacked and that someone else killed his daughters. Barry's apartment covered in blood. The girls stabbed more than 50 times. Barry claims he was stabbed twice, once in the bedroom, once in the kitchen. He recalls grabbing for a knife but doesn't remember cutting anyone. Crown questioning why no one else's blood was found in the apartment, according to DNA results. We are also attempting to dismantle Barry's evidence about Paul, the tall Chinese casino loan shark who Barry said he owed a $25,000 gambling debt to. Crown grilling Barry about his vague description of Paul and why Paul would want to do anything to him. Barry agreed Paul and his associates never threatened him, but he was concerned he could get hurt if he didn't pay up after a rock was thrown through his window as a message. If so, why would you have the girls over, suggested Weir. What matters here is if the jury believes Barry's story. Remember, the burden is on Crown to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Barry killed his girls and then tried to commit suicide. Barry has testified repeatedly he didn't do it. Cross-examination continues on Monday. Ramina Dea, Global News. A transport truck driver responsible for a deadly 2015 hit and run in Surrey is going to jail. Surveillance video shows that in the early morning hours of March 12, 2015, a homeless man pushing a shopping cart full of cans was hit by a semi-trailer. He was killed instantly. The truck driver didn't stop. Sukdeep Singh has been sentenced to six months less a day in jail and given a 12-month driving prohibition after pleading guilty to dangerous driving causing death. A sad update tonight for the search for a Chilliwack senior with dementia who went missing in July. Police are now confirming human remains found on Wednesday are those of 86-year-old Ethel Baranek, who was known as Grace. Police say they don't believe foul play was involved. A Pitt Meadows man is recovering tonight from what he says is a road rage attack that left him beaten and bloodied in the middle of the Lougheed Highway. Jill Bennett has his story. Wednesday morning I was driving towards Superstore and some guy in the rain cut across four lanes of traffic and almost caused a bunch of accidents. So it was just crazy and I was driving a big truck. So I stopped, walked up to him, tapped on his window and said, you're driving like a maniac, caused accidents behind you and I left. That's the last thing Lee McNish remembers. He was bleeding heavily from the head, but somehow made it about a half a block to meet his girlfriend. A witness to the attack then told him what happened. He hit me from behind smashed me in the head, and then crawled on top of me, beat me for two or three minutes, and uh, then went back to his car, and then came back, grabbed me. I was unconscious, obviously, and uh, yeah, he threw me back into my truck. McNish was then taken to hospital and treated for multiple injuries. 34 stitches and staples in the back of the head, eight or so in my lip, I think from hitting the ground, 
and then just bruising in the stomach from him kicking me. He's recovering well, but is hoping witnesses who were in the area will come forward and help Ridge Meadows RCMP investigate. McNish says the man who attacked him was in his 20s with red hair and a beard. He was driving this small blue car. McNish doesn't want what happened to him to happen to anyone else. He's a rage problem. I mean, we didn't bump chests. We didn't have a fight. It was an altercation. And there was just like, he's lost his marbles. Like, who's next, right? It's time for this guy to get off the street. Jill Bennett, Global News. Major changes are coming to ICBC rates next month, but some drivers are already feeling the impact. For most, it will mean lower premiums. But as Richard Zussman reports, those who do have to pay more may end up paying a lot more. It's ICBC's biggest rate structure change in history, and it all comes into effect September 1st. One of the big changes that we want customers to be aware of is that when they receive their renewal reminder in the mail, it's going to look a little bit different than they're used to. That's because it won't include a quote. Drivers have to make decisions on who they want to list on their vehicle. For most people, they would list their household members or maybe their employees. The driving history of who you list will impact your rates. There are two new discounts, one for drivers who drive less than 5,000 kilometers a year and another for drivers with brake technology. Let's take a look at some real-life examples. Here's a small business owner in the Lower Mainland using a 2016 van for work with a 36-year clean driving record. The car owner adding two colleagues with significant but less driving experience. The old premiums, $2,524, new premium, $2,367, a discount of $157 per year. Now let's meet this family from the Okanagan. Three drivers on a 2010 car, two drivers with lots of experience, a third with 12 years and an at-fault crash in 2019. That means a rate jump from $1,462 under the old system to $1,621 a year under the new system, $159 difference. So when you're listing drivers, if you're adding someone that has caused crashes, you can expect to pay more. Or if you're adding someone that has little experience, you could expect to pay more. As of earlier this week, nearly 15,000 people had renewed under the new system. 56% of those people actually paid less for car insurance. But one expert believes the changes are too extreme. It's gone too far to the other extreme uh, in uh, penalizing uh, younger and uh, those younger drivers and drivers who uh, have had an accident. The other issue is the change does nothing to address the billion-dollar losses at ICBC. It's not designed to assist ICBC's bottom line. It's uh, designed to appease those people who are saying they're paying too much for insurance. It's also important to point out that this won't affect those drivers with insurance expiring before September 1st. In those cases, you will pay likely more than last year under the old system. But check with your broker because it could be worth cancelling next month and signing up again under the new system. Richard Zussman, Global News. And believe it or not, we could all be getting a bit of a break on our hydro bills. BC Hydro has applied to the BC Utilities Commission to reduce its rates next year. But that relief will be temporary. Keith Baldry joins us live from Victoria with the numbers. And Keith, rates could go down, but there's a catch. They could go up again. 
Yes, the always up and down uh, nuances of hydro rate policy. Uh, a hydro rate cut doesn't happen in, every day. In fact, it's never happened before, according to BC Hydro. They've never actually cut the rate from year to year. There's been a number of years where there's been a rate freeze. The rate, rate freeze under the NDP government in the 1990s lasted into the Liberal government about more than 12 years. Uh, they have gone up a bit in the last few years. And looking forward, uh, here's Hydro's projections of what to expect in terms of what they're looking for in front of the BC Utilities Commission. There was a 1.8 increase this year. Uh, uh, 1% decrease next year, but then a pretty significant 2.7% increase after that, and another decrease in 2022, and a larger increase, one of the largest in recent memory, 3% in 2023. Total five-year increase, 6.2%. Now, what does this translate in terms of your pocketbook? Not a heck of a lot of money. 1% uh, on average, the average household, equals about $16 a year in your annual BC Hydro uh, billing. So uh, not a heck of a lot of money. Now, over five uh, five years, we're talking closer to, uh, you know, 80%. Over six years, we're approaching $100 in terms of uh, extra cost over what you pay now. But it's stretched out over a significant period of time. So what we're seeing with hydro in terms of rates, ups and downs, will not match what we saw with ICBC, as Richard outlined in his story. The changes there are much more dramatic. They sure are. All right. Thanks for that, Keith Baldry and Victoria. Emergency crews were called out this morning to rescue a woman who was seriously injured in a boating accident at the north end of Indian Arm. Crews responded to reports that a boat had crashed into the rocks. A fast response vessel from the Kitsilano Coast Guard base, a Vancouver police boat and Royal Canadian Marine Search and Rescue all responded. The woman in her 30s was rescued from the vessel, which had started to fill with water and transferred to paramedics on the ground. No word on the extent of her injuries or what caused the crash. A new report into a BC Ferries accident at the Langdale Terminal says human error was to blame. The report says two mistakes were made before the Queen of Surrey slammed into the dock March 26. The ship didn't turn sharply enough on its final approach and was going too fast to stop safely. The accident left about 300 passengers stranded on the ferry for more than 10 hours. We've begun to implement uh, or we have actually implemented and are continuing to implement the recommendations and the key ones are around uh, the way that we uh, conduct our verification and cross-check on the bridge to ensure that no steps have been missed so we've provided an additional uh, member of the crew available on the bridge for that phase of the voyage to to conduct those verifications bc ferries won't say if any of the crew members were disciplined but first, another warning tonight from Vancouver police about a series of crimes that target seniors. Three more victims of distraction theft have come forward and police fear there could be more. Jennifer Palma has the details and a description of the suspects. Thieves are using sleight of hand to steal valuables from vulnerable victims. And the Vancouver Police Department is asking the public to be mindful and watchful as these scammers target seniors. The distraction thefts police are warning about are happening in South Vancouver in the Fraserview and Kensington neighborhoods. On August 20th and 21st, a man and woman were in a white vehicle, either a sedan or an SUV. They call their victims over. In all, three separate seniors to their vehicle. When the victims approached, the suspects would give them fake jewelry, then remove their real jewels. All the while, the victims didn't suspect a thing. Typically, they'll uh, use the element of surprise and overwhelm their uh, their victims by invading their personal personal space, um, confusing them, 
attempting to place phony jewelry on them, whether it's a necklace or a ring or a bracelet or something else. And in doing so, they remove the legitimate jewelry from, uh, from the victims. The suspects are described as a South Asian female aged 30 to 35 with long black hair and a South Asian male aged 40 to 45 with short black hair. They were in a white SUV or sedan. Police say there may be more victims, but they might be too embarrassed or not even aware that something has happened. If you have any information, please give Vancouver Police a phone call. Jennifer Palma, Global News. An update in that bizarre and troubling story of vandalism on the Sea to Sky gondola. RCMP are now confirming their initial conclusion that the main cable was cut and there were no other natural or mechanical reasons for it to have failed. Police are still investigating, but they aren't talking about a possible motive. The operators have ordered a new main cable and 30 new cars and are aiming to reopen in the spring of next year. West Vancouver police are investigating another case of vandalism at a new movie theater. Police say someone did about $2,000 worth of damage to seats at Park Royal's new Cineplex VIP cinema during the August 16th showing of the movie Hobbs and Shaw. Police have released pictures of who they're calling three persons of interest who were caught on surveillance video that night in the hopes that someone will recognize them and help with the investigation. We're getting a look tonight at the newest vessels for the BC Ferries fleet as they undergo sea trials in Europe. The island-class ships can carry up to 47 vehicles and 300 passengers and crew members. BC Ferries says the hybrid electric vessels are designed to operate efficiently and quietly. The first two are scheduled to begin service next year on the Powell River Texada and Port McNeil Alert Base on Tula routes, with two more joining the fleet two years later. The ferries are being built at the Damon Shipyards in Romania. Well, most rescued seals are successfully released back into the wild, but there are a few cases where that is simply not possible. Linda Aylesworth brings us up to date on one such young harbor seal and how she's adapting to her new life at the Vancouver Aquarium. Over a hundred harbor seal pups have been brought to the Vancouver Aquarium's Marine Mammal Rescue Center so far this season. That's a lot of orphans, and yet... We're having a, a great year. Um, we're a little bit down in numbers, which makes things a little bit easier for us, a little more manageable. Um, very good success rate. Good success means that 80% of the pups not only survive, they thrive well enough to be released back into the wild. But there are always exceptions. One or two every year, they're kind of in between there where um, they aren't considered releasable, often because of blindness, maybe um, their flippers don't quite move, there could be deafness. Jessica Seal is one such pup. She arrived at Marine Mammal Rescue clearly in distress six months ago. X-rays that were done right away confirmed that unfortunately she'd been shot with a, a shotgun and, and dozens of birdshot pellets scattered throughout her face. While the wounds healed, her vision did not. Jessica is blind, deemed unreleasable by DFO. She's now adjusting to her new home at the Vancouver Aquarium. So Jessica definitely is exciting. Like She's going, going to be able to meet a lot of different animals. She's going to be able to move to different habitats with the trainers, make sure that she's healthy. Jessica, on the rock to the left, is just getting to know her pool mates, also deemed non-releasable. Hermé and Da Vinci have lived here for a decade, 
And then there's Cinco, a massive California sea lion who is also blinded by a gunshot to the face. Now he's Jessica's neighbor. He goes and swims closer to the walls and with his whiskers he spreads them out and that's what he can sense, everything around him. Um, and then he kind of goes and fills it with the rest of his body. We're giving these animals a second chance of life. I'm at the same time they tell an incredibly viable story. They tell about the negative actions of, of human and animal interaction. That's a really important thing for us to tell. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. Well, we're heading into a weekend. Yvonne Shell has a weekend forecast coming up in a bit. But first, let's check in with her at the PNE with a special guest, Yvonne. Yes, so if I'm just at the Revels District, it's starting to get busy. The crowds are filling for Friday evening. And if you're planning on coming down to the fair to check out a show, I've got Mama Lou, Superwoman. You've got three shows a day here. What can people expect if they're coming down to see you? Well, I specialize in old-fashioned vintage feats of strength. Um, you might say... I break things. Okay. And what are a couple of things that you break? Or just a few. Name a few for us. Well, I rip in half an entire deck of playing cards. I crush apples in my biceps. I roll up frying pans. I even tear telephone books in half. Frying pans. Okay. We've got one here to show. Just a huh? bit of proof. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is no big deal for you to crush? Not at all? Uh, no. No. This is a real frying pan. I unwrap a fresh one every show. <laughs> and um, I like to turn them into burritos. Okay. And just so you know, everybody at home, this is a real frying pan. It's got the weight. It's got, yeah, it's a real one. This isn't uh, plastic or anything at all. Okay, um, anything else? How many times a day are you here at the fair? And what else uh, when we want to come check you out? I have three shows a day. I'm 2.30, 4.30, and 6.45. And I'm here for the entire run of the fair. So you can't miss me. Okay, but we have to show people at home one of the tricks that they'll see at the fair. So what are you going to show us tonight? I have brought with me a telephone book. Okay, please take it away. All right. All right, you might not believe what you're about to see, but watch close. Amazing. You know, we don't use the telephone books anymore, so this is great, and then we can put it in the recycling as well. It's a, it's a dignified death for the <laughs> telephone book. Thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you at the fair. And again, if you want to check out Mama Lou, we're here at the Rebel District. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for having me. All right, so we'll have your full weekend forecast coming back, coming very shortly. Look well, at this. Well so done. Uh, we'll get her a New York City phone book next, see how she does with that. Thank you, Yvonne. New images from a NASA satellite show the extent of the wildfires burning in the Amazon rainforest. A large cloud of smoke is seen moving across South America as the region grapples with those crippling wildfires in Brazil's Amazon and in Bolivia's forest lands. The president of Brazil says he is considering sending in the military to battle the fires. That's in response to the mounting pressure from around the world as leaders and activists demand immediate action to save the rainforest. Tonight with the Amazon burning, the political heat on Brazil's president Jair Bolsonaro getting hotter. At home, and around the world, protests. In Canada, France, Germany, England. I'm just really scared that when I'm older, the world that I'm living in isn't going to be as nice as it is now. The demand to Bolsonaro tonight, stop those setting the fires. If the Amazon reaches a level of destruction, there will be no turning back. And that's your fear, uh, your yes. generation's fear. Yes, completely.
The Amazon, often called Earth's lungs because the dense jungle is responsible for 20% of the world's oxygen. Now, purposely set on fire to clear the rich soil for agriculture. Bolsonaro blaming the fires on aid groups, stirring up controversy. Tonight, a firestorm of rhetoric. What's lost will be lost forever. Kerry Sanders, NBC News, Miami. The woman behind the wheel of an Ottawa bus involved in a deadly crash last winter now faces more than three dozen charges. Three people were killed and 23 others were hurt back on January 11th when the OC Transpo double-decker smashed into a shelter in downtown Ottawa. The driver was initially arrested and questioned following the incident, but was released without charges. This morning, though, the 42-year-old turned herself into police and was charged with three counts of dangerous driving causing death. She was also hit with 35 charges of dangerous driving causing bodily harm. She's set to appear in court next month. In Health Matters tonight, the United States may have recorded the first death tied to vaping. Health officials in Illinois say a person who recently vaped died after being hospitalized with severe respiratory illness. A spokesperson for the Illinois Department of Public Health says the death is the first in the state that could be linked to vaping. Tonight, the possible connection between a mystery illness and vaping taking a deadly turn. Unfortunately, yesterday we received a report of a death of an adult in someone who was recently hospitalized with severe respiratory illness. The CDC is on the ground in Illinois as the number of people hospitalized has doubled there in the past week. 193 cases are now being investigated in 22 states, mostly in teens and young adults. The symptoms? Cough, shortness of breath and fatigue. Doctors on alert, asking patients if they've been vaping. It's not sure whether it is a particular compound, a contaminant, it's nicotine, it's THC, nobody really knows. According to the CDC, many patients, but not all, have acknowledged recent use of products with THC, the active ingredient in marijuana, which vaping advocates say is the real problem. 31-year-old Sean Bills is in a medically induced coma in Utah. His wife has turned over all his vaping paraphernalia to the local health department to try to help find a link in an increasingly dire search to find answers and prevent more deaths. Kristen Dahlgren, NBC News, New York. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg just completed radiation therapy for a cancerous tumor on her pancreas. The high court released a statement saying there was no evidence of the disease remaining and no further treatment is needed. It is the fourth time the 86-year-old has been treated for cancer over the last two decades, including lung cancer surgery in December. The court kept Ginsburg's latest cancer secret for three weeks until the treatment was completed. Justices are not obligated to disclose details about their health. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. In Brazil, daring slackliners are defying gravity. They're crossing between abandoned buildings on the outskirts of Sao Paulo on lines suspended high above the ground. Slacklining is normally practiced just a few meters off the ground in local parks, but these enthusiasts are obviously taking it to new heights. The kind of display you might expect to see at a fair, something else you might see at a fair, this. Where you can whack a meteorologist and take a great photo right after the forecast. <laughs> we would never bonk Yvonne in the head. 
<laughs> that story is coming up right after Yvonne's for forecast. But there she is with a look at the weather. Yvonne? <laughs> You'll have to ask Squire about that one. But yes, the forecast, oh, we've still got some cloud cover. We've had a few isolated showers popping up here at the fair. So if you're planning on coming down, you'll need a light coat. Uh, let's start off with our We Love Water campaign. We've got tips. And today's question is, what's the ideal mowing height for a healthy water-wise lawn? 1 to 2 centimeters, 3 to 4, 5 to 6, or 10 to 12? And today's answer is 5 to 6 centimeters. If you'd like to get more tips, go to We lovewater.ca. I might have pushed that a little quick, but we saw that. <laughs> okay, here's a glance at the tower cam, and we are looking at uh, overcast conditions. The potential is there to see a bit of drizzle overnight and for the morning hours. We'll kick things off with that cloud cover tomorrow and then breaks by the afternoon. 18 right now with a calm wind out of the airport. We are seeing a few isolated showers still working its way eastern areas and stretching across the island, but they are going to dissipate and then it's just a chance of drizzle once again for the morning hours. Central interior is still seeing a few isolated thunderstorms and the bulk of the moisture will be along the northern half of the province for tomorrow, especially for the morning hours and then much drier come the afternoon. The interior, a nice dry day. The Columbia could see a little bit of instability with the risk of thunderstorms. Long range forecast putting it into play. We've got a ridge of high brush pressure building in very strong. It's going to be summer-like and warm approaching next week, last week, before many go back to school the following. Coastal sections will see that shower activity for the morning, much drier come the afternoon. Much of the central interior, it's a mix of sun and cloud. The Columbia is where we could see a few showers or a risk of a thunderstorm. Thompson Okanagan with a mix of sun and cloud and across the south coast. So cloud cover, a chance to see some drizzle or light showers just for the morning hours. It leaves off or peony forecast tomorrow, so by the afternoon, afternoon we're into mix of sun and cloud temperatures will be getting up to 21 as the high tomorrow and then sunny and dry and fantastic Sunday onwards so so pretty nice but if you're planning on coming down this evening you'll definitely need a light coat back to you okay Yvonne thank you very much you didn't bunker in the head with the whack-a-mole <laughs> no I would never, never I had. wouldn't bonk any of you people I work with in the head with the whack-a-mole hammer oh that's nice I wouldn't do that but I will make you once again eat food while riding a ride. Mm -hmm. So that, that'll... That's going to come up. That'll be up. People have been asking us. And next, I think probably next Friday, we'll have that for you. I'm just, I'm just trying to work up an appetite. That's oh, work up an appetite and get an old shirt. <laughs> and old pants. No bibs allowed. All right, so what do you have for us today? Well, if you go, uh, if you go in the p and &E by the Coliseum, uh, there's a little free exhibit. Uh, I guess it's not an exhibit. And you can go in there and take photos. Or selfies, selfies, as the case this. may be. Yes, that's yeah. a selfie, and this is a photo. Okay. Anyway, you can do either at this place, and let's introduce it to you, shall we? Here we go. The moment they put cameras and phones together, everyone became amateur photographers and willing models, and the PE has decided to give those urges an outlet. People are so attached to their iPhones and their iPhone apps that. I mean, let's face it, you go and you can just play with your camera and do whatever you want and just be a kid. The backdrops are all connected in some way to the P&E. You can ride a roller coaster that won't bother the weak of stomach, or you can see what life is like as a whack-a-mole mole. I think that's what we tried to do, is have a playful look at ourselves 
and pay homage to these incredible memories over so many years. And what we try and do when we create either entertainment or exhibits is to have that blend so that the entire family can have something to connect with. Like being part of a burger or a slice of pizza. It's fun and it makes you be, be able to be silly where in like normal pictures it's normally pretty posed. Just kind of let your guard down and just be really silly, make silly faces and everything. It's a lot of fun for the little ones, for the big one. There's no age. And I think that's what we say about the Peony. It's two to 92, it's every income bracket, it's every ethnicity, it's new Canadians, new British Columbians and people that have been here for generations and generations. We, we capture it all. And if you wander in, you can't help but get involved. I gotta take one too. I got a friend in there. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> See, she didn't get hit with the hammer at all. The lion's woes. Yes, they never seem to end. Mm. And the white caps woes, and I suspect Canuck woes will be coming up soon. Mm. A lot of woes. To be, um, to be a Vancouver sports fan. Yeah, that's the way it goes. Uh, the BC Lions this season kind of remind me a lot of the Vancouver Grizzlies. There was a team with a lot of woes. Mm -hmm. uh, the Grizzlies always seemed to be in the game until right after halftime. Then in the second half, they were run over. And the BC Lions are like that too. They have been out-everythinged in the second half. Outplayed, outscored, outcoached. They face Hamilton tomorrow at BC Place, trying to avoid a one and nine start. They haven't been this bad at the start of the year. If they go one and nine, it would be the worst start in 50 years. The last time they played the Tie Cats, BC blew a 15 point lead in the fourth quarter. Odell Willis off the edge. Evans and Banks scores. Touchdown, Brandon Banks. The Lions have managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory a couple of times this season blowing double-digit late fourth-quarter leads two weeks ago in Hamilton and early in the season in Calgary. And there is plenty of blame to go around. It's easy to point the finger at the defense. The much-hyped bend-but-don't-break approach has seen breakdown after breakdown with games on the line. Every, everyone on our defense, including myself, can make that, that one average play, the play you're supposed to make, not do anything more than outside of the scheme, and we'll be together. You know, it takes a, you know, a group of 12 uh, to, to make things happen, so we don't have to have a, no superhero uh, efforts. Just got to do your job, and we'll be fine. Mike Riley looking for pay dirt. The Lions have actually held third-quarter leads in six of the nine games this season, but have just one win to show for it. It's one thing for the opposition to take over the game, but most of the Lions' downfall has been self-inflicted while playing with the lead. We have to hold on to the ball. Uh, you saw in the Hamilton game, we turned the ball over twice in the fourth quarter, so I think if we eliminate those turnovers, we win the football game. So. Uh, it's about helping our defense out. If we can stay on the field longer and give them more rest, it's better for everybody. We got to figure out a way to finish. So this week we've just been honing on finishing and doing things a little different, running at the beginning of practice so guys can work on being fatigued in that fourth quarter and just working on small things to make us better. The coaching staff certainly doesn't escape criticism when a team continuously self-destructs. Losing in the second half suggests the Lions aren't making the proper halftime adjustments. That's on the coaches. All they can do now is prove they've learned their lesson. We got to finish people, and great teams put their feet put their feet on people's throat, and that's what you want to do in that aspect. And you want to finish games and come out a win. If you went to a Broadway play 
and only the understudies performed, and they did it with only half the sets, you'd probably feel ripped off. That's kind of how football fans in Winnipeg felt last night watching an NFL exhibition game between Oakland and Green Bay. Now, everybody pretty much or should know that big stars don't play very much in exhibition games, no matter what the sport. But they didn't play because whoever organized this thing didn't really think about how the field would be reconfigured. And things just got weird in Winnipeg last night, making the experience memorable for all the wrong reasons. Destination Winnipeg. It's time to paint the north. Silver and black. But it left many NFL fans seeing red. We are hoping to see Aaron Rodgers make some awesome plays. That didn't happen as the Green Bay Packers and Oakland Raiders sat all their starters. Perhaps because of concerns over the field. And as they moved it back to play this game tonight, there was clearly some damage. Which had to be shortened to 80 yards because of divots in the end zones caused by removing the CFL goalposts. Have you ever played on an 80-yard field? Never in my life ever have I played on the 80-yard field, Nicole. It's, it's kind of weird just watching it, action. The end zones marked by pylons on the 10-yard line confusion-inducing for the players. It was around the 20-yard line. I had to remind the corner, hey, Keyshawn, like, that can be a touchdown if you, let, if you let him catch it. And he was like, man, I didn't even think about that. So, you know, it's, it's definitely an adjustment. A game so peculiar, it caught the attention of CNN, who spelled Winnipeg incorrectly. It was a sham. Uh, I called it a boondoggle. Uh, you know, it was a debacle, really. Winnipeg Free Press sports reporter Mike McIntyre says the game promoter and the NFL should be flagged. Any fan who shelled out their hard-earned money to come to the event and, and were expecting, you know, to see certain things would have felt cheated, uh, you know, ripped off. A game fumbled before the opening kickoff. Of course, there were no kickoffs because of the shortened field. Brittany Greenslade, Global News. Yeah, that was a mess. Hey, uh, Women's Open, and this is 12-year-old Michelle Liu of Vancouver. 12 years old, made it. As an amateur, youngest player ever to play in the Canadian Open. Shot an 82, but it's great experience. Uh, we couldn't show you uh, Brooke Henderson because she didn't start till they turned the cameras off. She's tied for third at minus nine, but Nicole Brock Larson right there with the birdie putt. She has a 36-hole lead at 12 under, so Brooke Henderson is close. Okay, tour championship, second round from Atlanta. Shez Reeve, this is the uh, par three ninth, 230 yards. Best round of the day, and here's one of the reasons. Ace. Six under 64, he's tied for seventh. World number one, it was a good shot. Anytime you don't need to use your putter, that's a good shot. World's number one, Brooks Kepka, second shot in the par five, 240 yards away. Now he's only eight feet away. He missed the eagle, but the birdie gave him a one-shot lead at minus 13. Uh, McElroy and Justin Thomas are tied for second. And uh, Canadian Corey Connors is tied for 15th at minus two. The winner of this will get 16 million bucks. That's crazy. I know. Coming up on ET Canada, the biggest surprises from Taylor Swift's lover. Plus, will Orlando Bloom marry Katy Perry? Orlando opens his heart up and tells us everything. That's coming up at 7 right after the news there. But for now, it's back to you, Sophie. That's interesting. Okay, you know, well, you it's think, Friday. Oh, you think for all the impact the Spice Girls made on pop culture, they only put out three records. I know, that's only weird. Only three albums. And they've they done did. about half a dozen reunions, right? Yes, they certainly have with those three albums. They also did, even stretching back to when they first started in the mid-90s, 
a lot of commercials for Walkers, which is kind of a snack food company. Mm -hmm. They put out potato chips or crisps, if you like. Delicious. And uh, we thought we'd put two of them together. These are their most recent ones for Walkers. Here we go. I can see you blinking. Give us a crisp. And you're the nice one. Selfish spice. Walker's oven baked. 50% less fat. 100% irresistible. We are live with the Spice Girls. For us, I'm the house of the Spice Girls. Best ever fan. We're about to surprise them. That's not my house. That is my house. You're my house. Spice Girls. Instead, they taste. Yeah. I'll just have a crisp. No, no, leave the crisp. No. Please. Huh? Give the crisp. Huh? No. Ow. <clears throat> oh. Ow. Please give them a one crisp. No, Thank you. I thought you were our biggest fan. What the? He's next to him. He's next to him. should have shared your crisps, Dev. Come on, man. Son, you should have shared your crisps. Mom! Oh, Dev, it's not you. Our best ever cheese and onion is now even harder to share. When it comes to the crunch, it must be Walker's. There's no posh. No, she's bailed on them. All right. She doesn't need that anymore. It's true. Uh, anyway. Oh, and we've run a few of these with uh, the Cat Institute from Whiskers, but I had one kicking around. I don't think I've run this. I don't think I have. Okay. Okay. Here we go. It's a scientific fact that cats look good. So good, we sometimes accidentally seduce ourselves. Get a room, you two. Unlike humans with their comically furless exterior, we don't show our age on the outside. Fiona here's 11. Ugh, that's pretty old. And here at KIT, we embrace all manner of futuristic health fads to keep ourselves in shape, such as parkour, neural reprogramming, you are so cool, electromassage, subconscious aerobics, sensory deprivation chambers, um, whatever this is, and also taking care of our insides with a pro-age approach to our diet, like switching to 7-plus cat food when we're 7. Watch this. Oh, so cool. So that even when we're middle-aged, we're still in touch with our inner kitten. Now, so when I slept in this morning, was that subconscious aerobics? Yes. Okay. If, if you were thinking about aerobics, <laughs> were you sweating when you got up? I don't know. I was okay. still sleeping. All right. So the other day, um, we mentioned actor Danny Trujillo and how he oh, saved yeah. the child. And, and Chris mentioned the Snickers commercial with him. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know we've shown this before. We'll show it again. But one other thing. Every time you and I are on together and Chris isn't here, I yeah. always think to myself, you know what I got to give Sophie? I got to give her <gasps> what she wants. Avocados from Mexico. Well. Oh, not that. Talking cats. 
Okay. Talking something. Okay. okay. Marsha, what happened? Peter hit me in the nose with a football. I can't go to the dance like this. Well, I'm sure it was an accident, sweetheart. An eye for an eye. That's what Dad always says. I never said that, honey. Shut up! Time to teach Peter a lesson. Marsha, eat a Snickers. Why? You get a little hostile when you're hungry. Better? Better. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Jan, this isn't about you. <laughs> it never is! Buck, 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 buck. So if I told you yes. there's a concert of a bunch of chickens who can sing and I'm, move their wings yes. in unison, are you in? I'm s- sleeping out overnight for tickets. <laughs> you might be the anymore, only but one. I'm doing it anyway. But uh, you'll love it. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for watching.